And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and tonight I am joined by Davy Wisman from the Wisman blog and I've got Brian Kelly from the Minor County Board and unfortunately we have no Kieran Flynn. He's missing in action there this evening. I think he's still on his way home from Arklow, uh, Brian Kelly. Is he a uh, Mead hurlers are playing um, against Wicklow today and it's not an easy place to get out of I suppose. No, and I know there was one or two people maybe could have been hedging for a lift off him, so he could be doing taxi around the county, dropping different lads home. <laughs> there was one lad in Mullingar yesterday said he was heading, so he could have ended up nabbing Kieran for a lift, a certain Mr. Farrell from down the way Kells. And uh, I, I know that uh, if I know Kieran Flynn well enough, he would have had the meter on, so uh, he'll, he'll, he'll have made a few bob <laughs> by the end of the day, so he will. Um, but uh, on this week's podcast... We are going to be looking back at the under-21 Hurling A final that took place in the weekend. Um, we have the Kyo Cup, obviously, that we mentioned there, Mead and Wicklow, um, you know, in um, Arklow today, Sunday. And then we will be discussing the O'Byrne Cup second round, Mead and West Mead, that game played in Lake Point Park in Mullingar, St. Loman's home pitch. Um, we'll also be going to Instagram for the Instagram in- interaction part of the podcast. We'll call it from now on, I suppose. Davey Wisman, uh, you had a, a few a few people getting in, in contact with you. Yeah, a few people sliding into our DMs, so yeah, we'll, we'll address them all in due course. <laughs> I hope it's all clean. Yeah, all good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, uh, there's a couple of other things on the agenda we'll get back to. But uh, we'll start off, I suppose, with the under-21 hurling final. And I think Brian Kelly might have um, uh, some information on this. Trim, four goals and 13. Kalyan Longwood, 12 points. And uh, Trim's juggernaut keeps on uh, keeps on rolling um, at underage level with the hurling. And that game played in Trim. It was a home uh, venue a home home match for Trim in an under twenty one final. Do you want to uh, explain that to us? Yeah, the two clubs were in agreement to have a toss of a kind to see who got home advantage. So it was either going to be in Longwood or in Trim. And when the when the when the cost or sorry when the coin came down, it was Trim that got home advantage. So it was played there on Saturday. Uh, what but it nothing to do with the cost of it? I sure could well have been you know yourself it's easier to get the money in maybe in trim because they the turnstiles <laughs> true enough but uh, yeah trim coming away with the win anyway Brian yeah very impressive win by 13 points 4 goals and 13 to 12 points trim have been a juggernaut at underage level for the last while they've won the last couple of minors Klein Longwood though have been flying as well they won a minor competition this year they were beaten finalists in the minor last year so they have a lot coming through as well, but I think Trim probably a little bit more strength and depth that a few more players able to chip in over the course of the game with scores. I know Mikey Cole got two goals, James Murray got nine points. I think James is on the freeze, a really reliable free taker, mm-hmm. only 17, so he's another four, three years, <laughs> under 21 to go after this year. Jesus. Uh, Ian Berringham chipped in at two points. Charlie Ennis, the team captain, was in goals, a really good keeper. I think he's in the Mead senior panel this year. Um, Jared Wan was cornerback or fullback. Gary Fleming, Ben Holden, like Connor Quigley. A lot of those lads would have won a minor last year. So it just shows the average age of that trim under twenty one team is very young. Then you look at the Kline Longwood team. Mikey Mullen, who was in the mid senior panel in twenty nineteen, and he'll be on it again in twenty twenty. He top scored at six points. Niles Mullen, who was a county minor footballer in twenty eighteen, he hit five points. A really brilliant dual player. He's also a meet junior football panelist this year. When you look at Trim, they've they've been as you said they've been dominant in underage for the last number of years, maybe six or eight years. They've been absolutely dominant. 
they really need to turn that into senior success though. I know they're I know they're getting closer and getting closer, but you know, with this wave of youth that they've been bringing through, you don't want you don't want to, you wouldn't want a club like that to miss the boat either at the same time. No, and I don't think they're in danger of missing the boat either because the a lot of those young that's coming through they're still very young. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are still maybe this year gone by, they're still only 18, 19, 20. It takes you a while in senior hurling or football to Find your feet. Find your feet, yeah. get your bearings. Like for the last two years, they've been in the senior B. I think next year they're up to the senior A, so they'll be more, bat- they'll be more battle-hardened, yeah. you imagine, going into the knockout stages. Uh, Neely Cole, Deck Murray, the v- excellent people involved with teams there and bringing them through. They play hurling in the right way. They're great stick men. They're excellent. They're hugely talented. They're well able for a bit of flake and a bit of timber here and there, but they're, they're hurlers. They're not sledgers first and hurlers second. Yeah. They play hurling first, and then if the physicality the right mix, the right then they'll mix. do it. Yeah. And I think they're, prob- they're definitely, in my opinion, the team best placed to take over the Kiltail hegemony. I know Kildaki won it this year, but Kiltail have been the dominant force, and I could see Trim potentially going on to be a similarly dominant force in, in the coming years. Yeah, and you look, I suppose, at the moment, when you look, you've got Kiltail, you've got Kildaki, maybe you've got Rathoth coming up there behind them as well, and now you've got Trim, so it's going to make for competitive hurling in the county as well. Yeah, and the, the more strong teams you have in the county, the bit the more it rises the standard, the more it should feed into the county team as well, which yeah. is the ultimate goal from a county board point of view. The clubs are will fight their own corner, and if we can get a club team flying, brilliant. But if we can get it all feeding into the county setup, then it should work well for us in the Joe McDonough. And just as you mentioned, the county setup, it's a seamless link into the Kyo Cup round two that took place uh, today, as we said, down in Arklow. And uh, I suppose before we move on, well done to Trim uh, on winning that uh, under 21 hurling A final and um, commiserations to Colleen Longwood. But as I said, Kyo Cup round two, um, we'll go to David Risbon, our small ball expert. I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> don't do that thing on a Sunday night, Mick. No, 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 not on a Sunday night. You've already got the palpitations. You don't need extra ones. But uh, it finished Mead 121, Wicklow not 24, a draw down in Arklow today. Lovely day for Harlan, it has to be said as well. No wind and uh, it was dry and it was uh, good conditions for this time of the year. Um suppose Mead will probably be disappointed um, in this one um, because they did lead by six points early in the second half and they, they let that lead um, uh, uh, go. I think I, I think they then were trailing by two and came back and were ahead by two and then it ended up a draw. But, um, it, you know, they'll probably be disappointed at relinquishing that lead. They will, but at the end of the day, Kyo Cup, December, it's all about experimentation and trying to find a few new bodies. They've lost a couple of bodies from the Christie Ring panel last year. So it's what you can find now in December and January that will feed into your division. Is there any reason for losing players off the, the panel from last year? Well, a couple of them have gone travelling. I know the likes of Shane McGann are gone travelling and okay. then a couple more have just are, they've decided their time as inter-county horrors has come to a halt. Were they older or, you know, we'll say experienced? or? Well, I was talking to one man yesterday, Colin O'Mail, and he just said the workload of county horror um I like what he's doing in his personal life between working and studying etc he said it just wasn't able to juggle everything and he thought going out as a Christy Ring winner was a nice way to finish up yeah absolutely he just would have found it even harder in the coming year to, to juggle all his commitments and give everything the time and the effort they fully deserved so I'd say you have one or two players like that and then a few more have gone travelling there's another one actually Adam Gannon I think from um, Beliver is or I suppose football for Klein and Hurling yeah absolutely isn't um, just like that too much going on in his life I think engaged building a house these kind of things and, and obviously work on that so he's probably at an age where that he maybe could take a break for a year or two and then come back and probably play when things have settled down a bit but he'll be a big loss to Earl huge loss huge loss when you consider they're going into the um, McDonough Cup this year absolutely but as Colin said yesterday there's a crop of lads coming through there who have some of them have won a Christie Ring medal last year as players or panellists I'm thinking like say Nicky Part and Callum O'Sullivan but you have more as well who are a minor B All-Ireland winners a couple of years ago. And they're all going to be 21 next year. So they're mm. at a real good age for coming through. You see a lot of the successful teams in Harland these days. There's a real young core to the teams. Fresh blood coming through, freshening the team up. Team Tipperary last year and the last couple of times have won All-Irelands. Galway when they won it a few, few years ago. Clare when they won it in 2013. 
real young players coming through, freshening the thing up. And when you've the lads like Nicky Parton, Mikey Mullen, Callum O'Sullivan, Charlie Ennis and goals coming through, there's loads of talent there. So while it is a bit of a blow to be losing some of the, the I was going to say older, some of the more experienced players, you have Mickey Burke coming back now from the football panel, loads of experience, played Shinty for Ireland numerous times, his experience coming in along with some of the new young lads coming through. Then you still have the likes of Alan Douglas, Park O'Hanrahan, who was flying last year before he suffered a nasty injury above in Newbridge. Um, plenty more there, I'm thinking the likes of Shawnee Garrity, Jack Regan, huge amount of talent. They've all if they can bed them in over the course of the league, they should be well placed to be very competitive come the Joe McDonough Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And just bringing it back to the to the game today, I suppose. Um, I'm just looking down through the scores and stuff, and on 35 minutes in the second half, from about the 25th minute in the second half, Mead Mead had a a two point lead, and they kept uh, losing that two point lead, and then. They'd get it again, and on 35 minutes, it was 24 points to 22. And uh, with with time nearly up, I suppose, at that stage, and Wicklow managed to come back and get the final two scores of the game to to, to leave it 121 to 24 points. So I'd say that's probably the, the disappointing thing, is that the, every time Wicklow came at them, they were able to get back ahead two or three points. But then, again, as I said, Wicklow would pull them back and then me to do it again and, and they just weren't able to shake off a, a stern Wicklow uh, team there today No but the one thing I've noticed in the O'Born Cup games wasn't at the game in Arklow is The Kyo Cup games? The, no the O'Born Cup okay. games I wasn't at the game in Arklow today the flow of games particularly late on can be really neg- non-existent because with the roll on roll off subs unlimited substitutions there's that many players coming in there's no flow to a game so yeah. you can have a lead but when there's a few changes made on both sides, you can lose all rhythm and it can give the other team maybe sometimes a chance to come back into a game where they looked dead and buried. From a Mead point of view, I don't think they'll be too worried. Those four or five lads played today who played in the under-21 final on Saturday. So they had a big heavy workload this weekend. And when you when you have things like that coming into the, the equation, you will tire later on and that yeah. could have part of the thing. Well, it's, it's not, uh, I suppose, Nick Weir... He got a, a baptism of fire last week when taking on Antrim um, and Mead losing by double scores. Um, and uh, probably, I think it was actually more than double scores. It was a point more than double scores. But uh, to steady the ship this week against Wicklow, it's, it's not a bad result. And, 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 and they will take um, a bit of positivity out of that going into the Christmas break. No, it's something to build on. And Nick is coming in. He's getting to know a panel of players. He's brought a huge amount of players into the panel to see what they're like, to see who what rough diamonds he can find that he can work with. Nick has been involved with DCU teams for the last while, so he's well used to working with high-caliber players. He's going to be looking to find players of that ilk who can pull on the Mead jersey and improve the Mead team from where they were last year and the Christie ring, because that's the ultimate thing. And that's, like, you have players coming in there, Niall Smullen, after starring for Colleen Langwood in a losing cause yesterday, or on Saturday, hit three points from play for the Mead Seniors today. Mm-hmm. That just shows the, the calibre young player coming through. Nicky Patterson scored a point. Alan Douglas, the one of the more senior players in the team now, former Mead Senior Harlem Player of the Year, he chipped in with a point. It's I think there's a lot of positives to be found there, even though they didn't come away with the victory today. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, is, who did they have in round three, or was there only two rounds for them in the in the Kyo Cup? I'm not going to bluff you. I'm actually not sure. No bother, no bother. Um, but uh, it did finish in a draw, and I suppose it's a point on the board, and it's not a loss, and Nick Weir will build from that. We're going to move on now to the Upburn Cup. Um, that took place on Saturday, as we said earlier on, down in Mullingar in Lake Point Park, Mullingar, St. Lomans home pitch. And as well as before we go on to the game, um, Brian, um, great idea um, to take it out of uh, the centre of Mullingar in the lead up to Christmas on a Saturday afternoon, trying to get parking and whatever, even for the, the players' bus and the whole lot, trying to get into Mullingar would have been a disaster. And there wasn't going to be a big crowd at a game at this time of the year. No, it was a fantastic idea. I know me did something similar last year, brought a game on a Saturday night up to Ashburn. Mm-hmm. When you when there's going to be a small crowd of games and you bring it to a slightly more compact venue, it does help to generate an atmosphere. Whereas if you bring that to Cusick Park, TG Cusick Park yesterday, the crowd would have been spread out, would have been a kind of a dead atmosphere of the game, which doesn't suit players looking to impress. When there's a bit of a buzz, a bit of a bite to things, that's when a player coming in looking to make an impact will thrive best. St. Lomans have a fantastic facility there. 
Um, they have a full size astro pitch beside the main pitch. There's a press box. There's a covered standing area, which is ideal for club games, for games of yes, as ilk as well, because everybody got in. At least when you're standing, you can move around slightly too when it's cold and try and keep yourself a bit warm. Whereas if you're sitting down, you're really getting frozen because yesterday was Baltic and Mullingar. <laughs> there was nobody in any way warm. I know Kieran was saying, God, it would be great to have one of these long coats that you often see the rugby boys with down to the ankles. The Arsene Wenger coat. The Arsene Wenger coat. Except right. Kieran would be well able to zip his up. <laughs> Davy, just looking at the game, um, a draw match, one thirteen apiece, and... Um, Mead, again, similar to the Horners, approaching uh, full-time, were two points up, and uh, Westmead were able to reel them in and uh, and get the draw in the end. But, again, got to look at a few more players this week. Mm, yeah, oh, look, it would have been great to get the results. I think Andy will probably be disappointed to not get a result out of the two games. I don't think that's, overall, that's the most important thing. I think performances, as you mentioned, Mickey, Lads seeing how they're getting on in their first taste of intercounty football, that's ultimately the bigger you picture, know, goal yeah. or picture, exactly, in this scenario. But um, probably just be disappointed the way, the manner in which maybe to concede the, the score at the death, you know, having tried to keep the ball and stuff. But um, you have to remember, I think it was far more of an experimental team from Mead than it was from Westmead. There was a lot of, um, you know, regulars in that Westmead team and, you know, players who will play a come championship. I'm not going to say that some of the players for me won't play but but he, maybe weren't involved last year as exactly much. Yeah. yeah yeah, and like John Heslam was back there for Westmead and had a big influence in it Kieran Martin is still one of their main men you know so um, I think it's good exercise for them I think they'll come on for the, the last game is going to be a bit of a dead rubber but again it represents an opportunity to you know try a few more things and maybe when we get to that stage I think it's the 4th of January you know we'll only be two or three weeks out from the first round of the league We'll probably see, you know, more of a team that might reflect what the team might look like when we go to home at the place role. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 just as you mentioned, the team. I suppose Brian Kelly, you have the team there in front of you. You might just name the team for for the listeners, people who didn't get to go to the match, and uh, and, and we can discuss it then. Yeah, in goals was Harry Hogan from Longwood, the fullback. Then was Robin Clark, Talik Bellius, and Connor McGill were told. And Shane Gallagher, Simonstown, half back line, James McEntee, Curraha, Owen Lynch, Longwood, Ross Ryan from Summerhill. Midfield was Brian Conlon, who I thought was excellent yesterday, from Simonstown and Brian Menton. Uh, half forward line, Jack O'Connor, Curraha, Brian McMahon, Ratoat, and Ben Brennan from Colin Kills. The full forward line, Thomas O'Reilly, Wolf Tones, Shane Walsh, who was a late addition to the team after Derek Campion pulled out with an injury in the warm up, and Donald Lenhan from St. Peter's Lombardy. So, like, looking at that, Davey, I know you're saying experimental, but maybe f- four or five players that didn't really play last year. You look, McGill, Gallagher, you had Ryan, James you had McAtee. James McAtee, you had Mento, Mento yeah. you had uh, Brian McMahon, you had Thomas O'Reilly. Yeah. You know, so, like, it was a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, let's, for instance, or for, for argument's sake, say, like, inverted commas, a weakened no. mead team by, by that, by all accounts. No, definitely not, and, some of them players that you mentioned or Brian's after calling out there might have been in on the panel last year but didn't get a whole pile of game time like yeah. Ross Ryan is one that strikes straight yeah. away and then obviously you have the likes of Breen Owen Lynch and, and Owen Lynch is another one yeah um, even Thomas O'Reilly was kind of in and out of the team as mm-hmm. well you know so good for them lads to get you know more game time as well Um, but then the two lads coming back as well that was great to hear Breen Connor played well and I think Donald Lennon had a good involvement as well great to see them two boys back and you know playing well, again, in the Mead jersey, I think it's only going to stand to us yeah. know, come the 2020 season. Brian, you were saying there um, about um, Brian Conlon, um, and you said he was outstanding. If you, if you want to just give us your thoughts on the game yourself. Yeah, Breen was lined out at midfield, um, took on a senior old end for the start of the second half because Thomas Morta came in for the, at half time. He actually was very unlucky. He picked up a quad injury and went off injured soon after. But Brian Menton dropped back into defence. It was just a case of shuffling the decks keeping an experienced player on the team, but giving others a chance. And um, Breen, yeah, very good. Got through an awful lot of work. Didn't go on many of the gallivanting runs that we've seen him do at club level, but he mm-hmm. just, it was a day where he did the simple thing right and did it right an awful lot of the time. Right. And 
also chipped in with a point, which probably is to be would be a fair comment. Say it's a rare enough occurrence. Yeah, it's a rare enough occurrence, even in a training match or a training session, for him to kick a point. Um, was it was it by any chance with the outside of his right boot? Well, I was in the press box at the time, and himself and Sean Tobin from a distance looked quite similar. <laughs> and I just said to him, "Ah, Sean, don't kick with your right foot." And next thing, the ball the ball drops on the crossbar and he goes and over the bar and. I was like, no, I don't want over. I can't be Tobin out the right. It has to be Breen. And next thing you turn around, and it was Breen. Because it, from the press box, you were looking through a window, which wasn't the cleanest. Yeah. And there was a glare off the sun, and it was actually difficult at times to see what, be fully accurate what was what, because you also had somebody else who was calling players by the wrong names beside us, and that was a whole different ball game. <laughs> like, there was a Seamus Halligan playing for us well. Oh, not, right. Not look, Seamus Halligan. Seamus Halligan, yeah. yeah which yeah. was an interesting one there on us. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was a great point from Breen. And and that was to put me two points up. That was the last score that me got, um, if I remember correctly from, from, from the notes. And um, you know, he is I'm I'm looking forward to watching him in a mid jersey this year because he's a leader and he has really developed. We spoke about this last week, he's really matured and developed over the last couple of years um on the field, maybe not off the field, he's still immature as hell, but uh, he's a big child. But uh, for Simonson really noticed that this year and I, I think he's only grown to grow into that mid team I think he's at a level now where he kind of knows that he's a good player not in a cocky way but he knows he has the ability to be a good player um, and it's it, it, it can only bode well for mid football if, he, if he's got that confidence going in it, it, wearing that mid jersey yeah like probably midfield was an area last year where we had three fellas who appeared over the course of the year to be battling out for the two slots. You know, yeah. Flanagan, Shane McAdee and Mento. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else really played much at midfield over the course of the year. Whereas you've Breen coming in now, which is another option in that position. Thomas Murta, who I know he didn't last long when he came on as a sub, but was really good for a few minutes he was on the field. He made one brilliant run, which led to a point. That's the type of thing Murta can do. He's an excellent player going forward. He probably would compliment someone like Conlon, maybe, who can do the sitting job. And, 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 the, thing about, and the thing about Conlon is he's got the rugby background as well. He's a great tackler and he's strong, you know, like so he can defend as well. Um, I don't want to see him going forward too much. And if he does, I want to see him giving the ball to the shooters. Um, he'll probably, oh, that's harsh after he scored. Well, see, that's the thing. That's the worst thing that yeah, could happen to him, I'd say. He'll be shooting from everywhere now, so he will. But <laughs> um, no, other standout performers on the day, uh, it was great to see it. Hot Killian O'Sullivan was really lively when he came on at half time. There was right. five players come on at half time, so it was a much changed team for the second well, half. What was the what, name the subs for us? Just is there anybody interested in the subs? Killian O'Sullivan, Minaldi, Sean Tobin, Thomas Murta from Navar, David Toner, Coraha, Oshin O'Brien from Omahuna, Caelach Halligan, not Seamus from Rakenny, <laughs> Ronan Ryan, Summerhill, Andy Colgan, Dunham Rashman, and Kyogi. From Rakeni, Kyogi right. was a late addition to twenty six okay. after after, after picked, up knock. picked up the knock. Um, and did Stephen O'Brien come in? Or O'Shea O'Brien? I keep calling him Stephen O'Brien. Yeah. O'Shea O'Brien came in, scored a point, was lively. He's somebody who he just looks like he has the ability to step up from being an excellent club footballer, which he was at O'Mahony's in twenty nineteen. He's a player who I think could, whether he'll start or not, is a different question. But he's somebody can who, you imagine having that player coming on, the blistering pace and, and, and just... And an eye for a goal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. You know, when, when defenders are starting to tire, look, don't want to put pressure on the lad. I don't want to put pressure on any of the lads and whatever, but it is great to see um, uh, uh, someone like that being, being a great addition to the to the panel. Uh, scores are yeah. on the day. Shane Walsh kicked four points out from freeze. Walsh actually was... Uh, doing an exam yesterday on Saturday morning for college. He was up early, did the exam, straight down to Mullingar for the game. Great, great, great dedication. Yeah, it's uh, a here. And then top score with four points all from freeze. Brilliant. Brian Mack played the first half an hour, or first 35 minutes, three points for play. He was brilliant on the 40 yesterday. Oh. Just carried on his form from tw- the whole, from 2019. That's ah, amazing what a, what a Keegan Cup can do for a player. Don Lennon scored a goal. Um, probably very fortunate to get the goal. Jack O'Connor went in a 60-yard run, laid it off to Thomas O'Reilly. Thomas had a shot, low, powerful, keeper got a hand to it, and it just fell to Donal Lennon, and he had a simple task of tapping the ball in from him at six inches. Oh, you'll take that. But yeah. How did he do in general? Because, you know, he's a he's a big name, like, in made football, and we're hoping 
um, for big things from him. Yeah, he played the first half of the game. He looked like a fella who was just bedding himself back into inter-county football. He had, he's played very little football with being away for a spell and then yeah. Dunboyne, the league was over really before the championship resumed. So he didn't play, if he played five games maybe at club level last year, it was probably the height of it. So he will need a bit of game time to get back to full sharpness, but a great asset to have. And again, it just shows the depth you have in the full forward line now because from last year you're adding himself, potentially Eamon Wallace, whether he's going to be in the full forward line or mm-hmm. half forward option. Ushin O'Brien into the mix. Like there's three players that you didn't have last year, all fighting for roles in that full forward line, maybe. Yeah, David, do you remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the additions to the team? Um, can you remember who the additions were that we were saying? Have any of them not got any game time so far? Uh, good question. Jordan Morris got, got yeah, game started, time the last yeah, day. Um, some um, of them haven't played a lot. Ushin O'Brien, like, Donald Lennon. Yeah. Thomas Murta. Um, the two Thomas off Murta. the top of my head that haven't yet Jack O'Connor. are Paddy Kennelly and Dahi McGowan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like even Harry Hogan there, you know, got his run. Spell last week, yeah. started yes, yeah. How did Harry Hogan do in goals? He was decent. Um, he kickouts. Kickouts. He probably got the, the rough end of the job yesterday because he was playing for the against first half the and for part of the second against the wind really strong wind in the first half okay. and Westmead were operating a high press they turned over a, a kick out for, which led to a goal but he's somebody who again he's only 19 he's only 19 there a couple of weeks ago he has to put all the potential to go on to be an excellent keeper but he's just going to take a little bit of adapting to these things because when you're playing soccer there's no high press for kick outs no. you just you kick the ball out and you let the centre forward tussle for the air or the winger Especially if you're playing against Arsenal, there's just oh, there's well. just uh, there's just no press at all. So there's no. no but then when Arsenal try to play out from the back, <laughs> when you, it's when absolutely you're playing against Arsenal, sorry, bad weekend for David. There's neither a press, a cupboard, a fridge, or a dishwasher. There's nothing. <laughs> not even a team. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, in the absence of Kieran Flynn, we'll not we'll not mention ground football. No, um, so back to the rest of the scores. Then Jack O'Connor, who I thought showed a lot of potential. That run yeah. was electrifying. He I scored know. a point. I think he's got huge potential. Um, missed a couple of frees as well, but again, they were into the wind. They were from a fair distance out. The first one, he'll probably agree, he probably misjudged it with the breeze. The second one, he gave it every chance and it just dropped maybe a couple of inches left of the post. Uh, other than that, I thought he was very good. Kelly O'Sullivan scored a pint from a mark. Thomas Riley got a pint. Kayla Callie in a pint. Well worked short free with Thomas Riley. Ushing O'Brien got a point and then that Brian Conlon not Sean Tobin point. <laughs> um, just on, on that you mentioned it, the, the mark um, the rules uh, the new rules are they starting to like the, do you think that they're going to have much of an effect? I think the rule that's going to have the biggest effect is the Sinbin rule. Now, we have, Any Sinbins? No Sinbins. We had a player sent off but no Sinbins. Um, that has the potential to have a huge impact. The advanced mark is just a pain because you have to signal Put your hand up in the air to see your call on the mark. After or before you catch it? <laughs> when, when you catch it. But okay. a fella can, as you're lifting your arm, the defender can knock the ball out of your hand. Like Shane Walsh caught a great ball in Nabin last week. Didn't put the hand up. The referee blew the whistle, gave him the mark. Then realised Walsh, he never put the hand up. And told him, told him he had to play on. Oh, like I know Colin Nally isn't a fan of the mark. He thinks it's slow and they attack down too much. He's dead right. Right, Okay. Uh, in, that's my, interesting. in my opinion, because, sorry, in my opinion, he's dead right. That, that's that's interesting because I think it'll just take a little bit of time to get used to, but I think it will be a great you've too, addition. You've too long to kick your score after claiming the mark. I okay. think it's fifteen seconds. Yeah, fifteen seconds. It could slow down. I think five seconds would be fine. Mm. Yeah, from when the referee is blowing mm. the whistle, you have five seconds to kick your score. If the player who's marking he hasn't backed off, then maybe bring it forward and give him that little bit of a chance. But fifteen seconds, it just slows the game down, and. Yeah. You It'll have, be interesting. You have to go for your score when if you're taking 15 seconds. If it's five, you still have the possibility of playing the quick ball in to release somebody for a goal. So, uh, so just on that, yeah. So you take your mark. Are you, are you allowed to pass it after you take the mark, um, or do you have to shoot because it's a, it's an advanced shooting mark, isn't it? It's an advanced mark. The word shooting isn't in it. It's never. It. Yeah, yeah, isn't in it. But I think it's so that that's why the 15 seconds is so that you can uh, you can compose yourself to go for the shot. So uh, have you seen anybody making a mark and taking a pass afterwards? 
I haven't actually, no. Yeah, but it's interesting. I'm sure you can pass it off because you could go for a shot and drop it short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, someone, what's going to happen? How, do you, how did you determine whether it was yeah. a shot or if not? All, if only our resident rules expert, Kieran Flynn, was here. Ah, uh, yeah, but sure, look, he's lost somewhere in the Wicklow Mountains at this stage, I'd say. Um, look, um, uh, it's not. It's been, it's been a good couple of weeks for, for the Mead team getting out and uh, getting to see uh, Andy McAtee, getting to see a few players. You have some more stats on the game, do you? Absolutely. Like, over the course of two games, he's played 31 players, mm-hmm. which is brilliant because you're, there's a few lads carrying injuries at the moment. So pretty much most players who are fit have seen game time at some stage in the Point in the Auburn Cup. Um, of that, there are... Four, 13 players have featured across both matches. Okay. Now, the likes of Don Lennon, he only got a couple of seconds in game one, but he has still featured in both. Yeah. So there's a, a real good spread of players there who have featured across one or other of the games. And you would have had more. Derek Camping would have played yesterday had he not picked up a knock. Mm-hmm. Barry Dardis was with the team yesterday. Again, he had a slight knock, so wasn't able to play, even though he was named on the bench. So there's another two you could have added into the mix that would have brought you to 33. Again, the O'Barn Cup, Similar to what I said earlier with the Kyo Cup, it's about finding a few players to add into your mix. And that's where the game on the 4th of January is going to be quite interesting. You have five or six lads there who are eligible to play for the under-20s. And they're playing the same day now. There's a, I, that's highly unlikely to be the same day now because there's a request going in from Kildare yeah, it'll have to, to, be moved. to play it either on the Friday or the Sunday. Yeah. Which I meet are in agreement with. There's no issues there. But... Will those players play for the seniors that weekend or will they drop back to the 20s? If you have a few more lads back after knocks, it might be a chance to re- release lads back to the 20s, get game time into them and also get game time into some of your returning players. It, it'll it be interesting to see what line we go down for those games. It will indeed. And uh, I suppose uh, uh, that is uh, Meads 2019 uh, year over now. Um, the next game that Mead will play will be on the 4th of January. It's going to be in a Mead venue. I presume it's going to be in Park Tolchin. And it's the round three of the O'Byrne Cup. And who do Mead have up against next, Brian? Mead are playing Leash. Mead playing Leash. And that is going to be on the Saturday. 1.30, isn't it? Or 2 o'clock? Uh, probably 2 o'clock. Probably 2 o'clock. The two games up to now have been 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. So, so it'll be 2 o'clock in Park Tolchin on Saturday the 4th. And uh, Mead taking on Leash. What way does that leave them in the table now? If they if they it, win, it's a dead rubber for Mead. It's a dead rubber for yeah. Mead. So Mead can't go through. No, but look at the end of the day, you'll still have a, I think it's a three week spell between that game and the first round of the league. So I'm sure there'll be a few challenges, and it gives you a chance to get a lot of training in and have lads peaking. Well, I won't say peaking, but having lads sharp for that game in home on the 26th of January. Yeah. That's your ultimate aim. Reaching another Bourne Cup semi final isn't. If you reached your Warren Cup semi-final and then made the final, you'd nearly be playing week on week going into the league, which mightn't be ideal. What date is the first uh, league game? 26th of January. 26th of January. And the McKenna Cup is starting um, between Christmas and New Year. So it is. So they're going to be playing their... They play midweek games in the McKenna Cup, don't they? Yeah, they do you normally, but I, I, I saw the fixtures. I'll have to have a look at that. I think they're only doing groups of three this year. They normally are groups of four, mm-hmm. and, the, and similar to the uh, uh, Cup, but the McKenna Cup, it is changed. So that means that the Tyrone, they're going to have less time uh, uh, to, to sort things out before that and first league game. that's in the middle of the Sigerson Cup as well. Like, yeah. So a lot of lads will have a huge workload. It'll actually work well, I think, for some of the mid lads who are playing Sigerson. Mm. They won't be flogging themselves between playing Auburn Cup and playing Sigerson as well. It'll just, I think, actually could work out and give Mead lads a nice little balance between training and challenge matches leading into that game. And it'll give Andy a chance to experiment with a few lads and maybe put what he thinks is close to the team that'll play Tyrone out in a game where people won't really be watching you. Yeah, and, and look, at the same time, he'll want it's a dead rubber as you said so he'll, he'll probably want to get a, a look at a few players so you'll you'll have a mix again I think similar to the last two games yeah, a mix of experience and, 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 and new players going by the last two games he's played each of his three goalies Dominic York started game one yeah uh, Harry Hogan came on from Harry started yesterday Andy came on from so by that sequence of events you'd say maybe Andy Colgan might start in game three and give them all a start and then see where you are heading into the league. Yeah, it'll be interesting now. So it will uh, that third uh, round of the O'Byrne Cup 
playing in Navan, as we said, on 4th of uh, January. It'll be interesting to see because, as you said, the big one, uh, Mead and Tyrone, uh, towards the end of the month, um, will will be taking place in Oman. It's going to be... Uh, can't wait. Division 1, Davy Risman. Yeah. Division 1. It's going to be great. It's, it's, a, it's, it's what, just five weeks away now. Yeah. So... Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, lads. He's that excited. He's yeah. just speechless. He's got Christmas coming first. Once yeah. it's over Christmas, yeah, yeah, yeah. that could it's take some doing. It's well. enthusiasmus, as Giovanni Trapattoni used to say, <laughs> through the roof. That's in the bag. Oh, in the sack. Um, we'll uh, we'll move on anyway and uh, that is the Auburn Cup looked after and we're going to go to Instagram interaction with Davy Rispin and Davy we've had a lot of interaction in the last week or so uh, on the old Instagram and a lot of questions coming in for the panel yeah we did I suppose um, fair play to everyone who got in touch with us today um, I suppose the best way to do it is to read out the question and maybe we can break it down and discuss what we think so the first one I have here is a question about next year's club championship winners so I suppose that would be senior, intermediate and junior A. Who would we think would win the three grades? The three grades, that's an interesting one. Um, I think, you know, um, you can't look past Retholt, in fairness. I don't think you can look past Retholt for, uh, for a senior championship again. Um, they've got the monkey off their back. They, they just cruised through after winning the quarterfinal, which has been the hardest uh, uh, jump to negotiate for them for the last three or four years was the quarter-final, losing out by a point in nearly every single quarter-final they played in. Um, and once they got over that this year, there was just no stopping them. So if they can bring the same hunger again next year, um, they're going to be thereabouts. They're thereabouts. You're going to have also, like Kells, you know, they, they don't go away. They're going to be there. Um, and uh, I think, is Larwall staying on with them yeah, again this yeah, year? Yeah. You know, so Larwall staying on just it'll be interesting to see if they have the hunger after so much rambling now Mickey come on um, over the last couple of years no I'm just giving you my, my thoughts um, and then uh, obviously I think Simonston will be there thereabouts again so they will um, uh, if you keep scolding name every team yeah, yeah no no I'm, I'm so, going to name four Dunboyne as well okay so pick one senior and one intermediate and one junior or else we'll be here all night alright okay now I'll go, I'll go uh, I think Simonston are going to come back and win it next year um, intermediate is always very very hard to call but are we going to I'm going to say Trimble have learned uh, from their learned their lessons and then for the junior junior let me see uh, do we say Corton? do we? do we say Corton? <laughs> what do you reckon are Corton going to win the junior next year? I'll let you answer first um, who's going to win the junior I, I, let me come back to that come back to you on the junior Brian Kelly senior intermediate and junior uh, senior, I think Dunboyne had a bad year in 2019. Often happens when you win it, you struggle the year after. The same hunger isn't always there. Uh, I think that they could well bounce back next year. That addition to have from Cavan, Mickey, you know a lot more about him than I do. Yeah. Um, that that will really add to what they have. A new manager coming in as well. Conor Dunno, who as far as knows, the new manager in Dunboyne, he was there before. He knows the players. It's, I always like the idea of having a club person over a team because they know they know the club inside out. I think that if I used to pick a team at this really early stage, considering the championship won't start till August, um, Dunbine would be my pick. Okay, and then the intermediate? I don't know. I know you're asking me to say the winner. I, I think Kenny will go really well next year. I, I expect him to be last four anyway. Whether they can win it or not is a different story, but Rakeni will go well next round to meet it. So you're saying Rakeni? I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say someone. Uh, no, I didn't. I could sit in defence like the best of them. Yeah, and who are you going to say for junior then? Uh, ABC, anyone but Carter. <laughs> Dave Rusman, who are you? Who are you? We still have a better chance than Sanchez to win in junior A. That is for sure. That's that is the reason. Go on. Who are you gonna? I'm gonna say Retoth. I'm gonna say Rakeni. I'm not going to sit in the fence. I'm going to say Rakeni and I'm going to say Corton. And Corton as well. No messing, yeah. that's straight in. Yeah, straight up. There we go. Um, I might go for the Oldens. Yeah, Beliver, <laughs> Beliver, you know, um, I'm going to say, uh, no, I'm saying Corton. He's, he's, <laughs> he's giving me the luck. Giving you the daggers. So that's that. Who, who asked that question? Um, I'll try and find. So basically, what we do is we kind of share the question, and it doesn't kind of say the person. So oh, it doesn't say. I'll try and get them people, but we'll come to the next one. I'll come back. Um, the Mead Yearbook. 
someone's just wants us to, to make a comment on it. So the annual yearbook that comes out is supposed to be out in the next week. Days it out. Mm. Uh, Susan Farrell, I think, actually tweeted a picture of it the other day. She'd have right. first-hand information there in Ballinock. Well, so. you'd imagine she would, anyway. Um, it was just, I think it came out around the 16th of December last year. Mm. Okay. So I'd say it'd be out in the next couple of days. That sure. question was from Shane Lynch there yeah, about the yearbook. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Like uh, it's usually out by now. Mm. So it's 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 often out around the eighth, but last year was a little bit later. So always buy it from my mother. My mother yeah, it's a great read, isn't it? Yeah, it's in class. fairness, like uh, it's great Paul, to have it. Paul Chute was the one about the club championship. The next question then is: This is probably one I'd say that'll fall to Mister Kelly, not throwing you under the bus, Ratton. But thanks. <laughs> can the four under twenties that played this year so far play Division One next year and also play twenties and? A follow-up to that, they couldn't play both this year, you mean, he said last As year, but this yeah. year. They could, actually. But 20s is now February, not in summer. They could have played league last year, as well, senior league last year, and 20s championship. Whether they can play next year, as far as I know, they can, but I haven't fully checked that on out. But I think it'll be very difficult. If you're playing senior Division One league on a Saturday or Sunday, and there's 20s maybe midweek, it'll be very hard to balance the two, because you're maybe going and not training too much with one team and playing for them. So you're looking at player workload and all the rest of it. It's something that I think will be difficult to do. It's possible, but it'll be difficult to do. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, that was from Joe McGuini. So good question. Next one is, and it's something we've talked about pretty much here for the last two or three months, is Clan and Gale's unreal year. Five, what did they do? <laughs> is that, I think that's one for Mr. Risman. Yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> what do you think of that, dear Risman? What do you think of that? Um, no, I've, uh, I've said it week in, week out. Just standing. It's absolutely incredible the year they're after having. Um, and to do it week on week, week on week, you know, was amazing. And to get to that Leinster final, it was just fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. And if they can, again, keep that bunch of players together for next year, it's going to be much tougher for them next year because they're going up into senior hurling and they're going up into intermediate football. So trying to um, balance the two teams at a higher level mm. is going to be difficult for them. But this year has been absolutely incredible and, and all credit to them. I was at the cultural awards last week and you see the amount of awards Tana Gale got that night. Like they're winning, it wasn't just on the playing field, they were winning awards. <laughs> on and off the field this year it was a hell of a season for them and they were really deserving winners of the giant club of the year award mm-hmm. yeah absolutely Davey Rispin your thoughts on, on that what are you thinking oh I'd echo all of them statements lads and uh, yeah, well, I'd like to hear from your <laughs> <laughs> I don't know look at I, I've kind of put our differences aside with them you know throughout the year and says like hold my hands up and say what a year they've had yeah Um. It sort of snowballed because I suppose going into that last round of the group against ourselves, they, they were a defeat away from being knocked out of the championship. So, they, like, they only got through in the last round, so to speak, and then it just kind of went from strength to strength, from quarterfinals to semifinals. And you have to remember, Myla probably had them had the beating of them the first day in the final. Yeah, absolutely. Just didn't, just didn't just, get the better of them. And then the replay, in fairness, it was emphatic. Yeah, the, the, the funny thing is, is that, uh, you know, when, when your backs are to the wall like they were against you in that final round game of the championship uh, group stage mm. and they had to win every game becomes a championship match it's like match. a cup final it's yeah. a cup final yeah, yeah, yeah. like in 2016 when we won the senior championship we drew the first game lost the first game drew the second game and lost the third game and we had two games left against uh, Nafina and I can't remember who the, last, the, the other one was but every game from then on this, as Seamus Kenny said last week safety blanket is taken from under you yeah. and once you're in that you know frame of mind it's a uh, it, and it's complete knockout football from there on in it, it, it's great for a team and it was the same with us in 09 when we went to senior yeah. we played the league Belliestown and Navin hammered them and only, I think, Simonson got beaten. Yeah, we got beaten in, in screen by Ashburn. We got through by maybe a point or two overall yeah. and score difference. Score difference, one point. And suddenly, the comfort blanket, was safety mm. blanket was gone. We were out. Ha- Joe the was, banging. was off. Joe yeah. was yeah. banging in goals for fun. We won the quarterfinal, won the semi-final, and went on then and beat Wolf Tones after two. The first game was maybe great, but the, the replay on the Tars night on the lights in Navin was, it was a brilliant occasion. Yeah. Brilliant game, brilliant occasion, and the drama. I remember the Wolf Tones keeper doing an act coming off the pitch at half time and the suspense for the next 12 minutes. Is he going to get away with it? Is he not? He comes in, next thing the referee walks down, red card, 
and it was just one of the most dramatic nights that you, that you ever seen. <laughs> I could talk about that game all night long. We were club again. Of course, I had to come back to yeah, session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next question is, there, uh, that was for me for Quinn, by the way, about Flanagan. Um, is there any retold players being called up to the meet team? Uh, David, or Brian well, Kelly can answer that. Eamon Wallace is definitely in, and to the best of my knowledge, so is Dahi McGowan. Dahi McGowan. So two players. How many like, did they have? Did they had four last year? Was it? No, they had just. I think it was just McGill and McMahon in last year. All oh, right. Was O'Brien not in it last year? No. No. He um, was. Keen O'Brien was injured early on in the year. That's right. Yeah. Remember, yeah. I was told he was retired. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's true. Yeah. That true. was from Jack Swan. Um, the next one is probably the most controversial of the last. It's why are why don't I suppose what he means is why don't Kells players get called up for the county. Why Kells players don't get called up to the county? Um, what would they do? Like yeah. I, I, I've, I've, I've uh, spoken to somebody about Pino Hannan who is, uh, who'd be quite close to him, and apparently he has been asked in over the last few years, but ha- hasn't wanted to. Now look, I, I, I know that Pino listens to the to the uh, podcast, so if he wants to just confirm or deny that, I've heard he has been asked in. Um, like Madame Mo was in, um. I, I don't know why more have was in in the past as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I mean, like there probably is a case for the lads that maybe weren't in. I know Fionn Riley is playing soccer over in Italy. He would be an automatic uh, choice or suggestion (laughs) definitely to come in. But he's away. Maybe his brother or she. Fionn Riley is playing soccer in Italy. Yeah, he's at a good level as well. So he's obviously come back for the club championship, but he's gone back over to play soccer. So... He's a loss. Oshin, his brother, would probably be, you know, you'd have to say maybe um, one of the players that could be mentioned. James Riley is another one, maybe. Mm. Um, good players. But, yeah, like you say, it's not as if there's just this band that Kells lads can't or haven't been, you know, asked in for one reason or another. No, there is, actually. It's one of the bylaws to count. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the bylaws. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was... Yeah, there, there is a case for more players uh, to maybe get a run or to get called in. But... Um, yeah, look, uh, I suppose if you compare them to the players that are in on the Mead team at the minute, would they be up to that standard? Like, there's, like they are they are very good, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. Would they be up to the standard of, of some of the players that are and in? Does every team? player want the commitment That's of no, five or six nights a week that county football involves? Yeah. It's not for everybody. Like, I know of uh, one club, not in Mead, now where three or four players in that club all turned down the invite this year into the county panel because they said there's two nights a week with the club, a game at weekends and they're just their work and personalised five, six nights a week doesn't suit them. You know, you have two nights a week on the field and then you've got two days uh, where you're in the gym um, and strength and conditioning and then like you have to do all the extra that goes with it and then your eating habits and everything. Like It's just, it is, it's a huge commitment. Someone was from Ruby Lee. The next one is, I I don't know, it was just someone who commented with Daphina and like one of them moons, like a half moon to the yellow and then the black. So I asked that and in particular, no, so I don't know. And Nafina? That's great. Nafina. Uh, yeah, Nafina. Um, do you know what? Nafina, I have to say, fair play to them in the last couple of years because it felt like Nafina probably had peaked, peaked yeah. and were on the way back down. To stand that tight and after bringing in some wonderful, wonderful they have young a lot players, of talent from a minor team that was in the Division yeah. One final three years ago, yeah, and they gave Rathout a hell of a scare in the semi final at this year's under twenty one. So if they get keep those lads coming through, the underage teams after that team are down to divisions. But all it takes is get one or two from those teams Absolutely, through every yeah. year and you're adding to the mix. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but fair play to Nafina, I have to say, um, because I really did think that. You know their time had had come and gone, but they're they're, they're on the rise again. And if they're wondering, I do have their under fifteen Harland Trophy in the car, and they'll get it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Just put that out there. Maybe for them. that. Maybe that's what they were looking maybe for. Maybe that's what uh, Next one is looking at Trombara. Trombara's up and coming footballers. Um, you'd know more about that now than me, um, yeah. Davy. But uh, I suppose have Trombara sorted out their m- manager yet? Not that any, not, no, I any smoke on that. No, and I don't know. And something might have happened in the last couple of weeks, but like they're actually they really are a young team. You know, in an adult capacity, they've had some great success at underage in the last few years. They obviously joined with Kilmainham for Round Towers, mm-hmm. but they would have the vast majority of the pick or the players coming their way at, at adult level. 
Um, when you look at their senior team, their senior men's team now, there's been a massive transition over the last couple of years and the number of young players coming through, fair enough, you still have the kind of the core of, say, Peter Carey, Willie Carey, uh, Thomas and Colin. Do you know the difference between them two? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> um, you know if you're playing them as well. Well, you are playing and I'll know the next time. But, uh, yeah, the, like, they have plenty, like, Luke Fagan's coming through, fabulous young player, um, Connor Lynch there. These these are still young men, but they've probably been playing for two, two or three years now at this stage, Killian Byrne. Uh, Lee Moore there's plenty of players coming through so and, and one of the <laughs> one of the follow ups so I obviously shared the thing and the next question was Drabara Sniper Thomas Carey and uh, I don't know Tommy Tommy texted to ask who sent that but I said for GDPR reasons we can't yeah, disclose absolutely that no, we can't disclose <laughs> that kind of information we'll post it in a, in a letter um, we'll put a letter and post it to you but uh, Brian just uh, on Drumbarra at underage level you've been secretary of of the uh, of the Minor County Board what are your thoughts on, on, on well, their underage the setup at the moment? Shining light they've had coming through in the last year or two is probably Harry O'Higgins. Mm. Um, really good yeah. fullback in the minors that won Lancaster last year. An uh, under 20 panellist in 2019 as well. Mm-hmm. They probably don't have a huge amount of players coming through at the moment at minor level in terms of last year and this year. They joined up with Brian Towers, joined up with St. Dalton's Carter and Gales, which suggests that numbers are a little bit of an issue. Yeah. But if they get over that little hump, I seen the under fourteens this year win a division two Paddy O'Brien Cup final. So on their own? Uh, round Towers. Oh round towers. Okay, so they'll but have a few. That yeah. Once once you're only dealing with one other team, absolutely. There's yeah. always a decent spread. So if they can continue feeling as round towers and get those bodies through, then there's plenty of talent coming. Yeah. Um good question, Davy Rusman. Uh, next one is from Jack Walsh, who I'm not sure if he's oh, still Lee's a member. Yeah, he's no man. He's he played right half forward for the yeah, he played, yeah, he played right half forward. Yeah, he was been, a sub last year in the Christie Ring final, yeah, wasn't he? He must have been on the bus on the way home. He's seen this and got in touch with us. And he, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but you never know. There could be little. There could be a bit of substance in it. Uh, Dylan Regan get called up to the mean footballers, question mark. Yeah, yeah it's, I did, <laughs> been there. Has the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't know if Dylan's going to get called up to the mean senior team now. So I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's Barry, his brother, by the way. That's an impersonation of Barry. But uh, no, Dylan, a fabulous footballer. Um, you know, he, he it's in him. So it is. It's just, if it, it depends on how much he wants it, you know. Mm. Did that come from Jack, I wonder, or had somebody borrowed Jack's phone? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kieran Flynn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's he played the last one on the bus. Flynn's <laughs> been backed into a ditch now somewhere. So <laughs> I wonder we can't reach him. Remember that uh, programme, Dublin Mortars, that was on a few weeks ago. Yeah. Be the next the Wicklow Mortars. Wicklow Mortars, Kieran Flynn. The next one is uh, from Owen Allen, good minority man, big fan of the podcast, huge fan of me, GA as well. He just simply says Andy is at the wheel, man. <laughs> so absolutely, uh, yeah. thank God he's doing a better job than Ali Good, our soldier at the wheel. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Freddie, Freddie, Freddie down there. <laughs> uh, Freddie, uh, um, so next one's actually a good question as well. I like this one. Um, junior B club has been moved to junior A, so that's obviously the change coming into effect yeah. in twenty twenty. Oh look, that was voted on, and uh, I suppose the the changes that they were making to the senior championship and all the championships were. It was there were compromises made and 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 uh, clubs had their options in front of them and, and that's what they picked and uh, what I'd be more like I think those teams would be fine um the teams that are coming up from junior B having played against a few of them this year I think they'll be fine in the junior A and uh, uh, what I'd be more concerned about is the likes of Ashburn, uh, Dunboyne and Rathout's second teams going into uh, the Please. reserve championship um the the, the reserve the premier championship, the premier yeah. championship. and like they're streets ahead of anybody in junior a any second team that was in junior a um or in junior b and they're all going to be piling together so that's going to be that i'd be more concerned about that i wouldn't be concerned now too too much for the teams that have moved up from junior b maybe junior c st paul's they're going up into junior championship aren't they i'm not sure about that i i I wouldn't think so, to be honest with you. Um, the one thing St. Paul's had last year, and they probably deserve a shout-out, they were the only team not to find themselves in disciplinary trouble at any stage over the course of the year. Jeez. It's a nice little feather for any club to Absolutely, have. yeah. No, we'd be in that practice. Uh, well. No problem. <laughs> uh, on the junior B teams, I think from a juvenile point of view, some of them are now feeling on their own. 
slain on St Mary's are now on their own, which shows that they have plenty of young lads coming mm-hmm. through. Kilbride have a huge lot of young talent. They just couldn't get over the line at junior B level. But they, they mightn't have that on their shoulders next yeah. year going into junior A. And they have plenty of talent. They could surprise a few teams in junior A next year. The only thing I'd say from that side of an argument, there's two things. I mean, one, there's, there's probably, I think there might be six first teams in junior B. I'd say of the six, maybe three are more than capable of stepping yeah. up to junior A and competing at a decent level and stuff. And I'd probably include Kilbride, um, Slane and well, that'll, that'll probably be it. And now I would worry, and we played against them this year, St Mary's, I probably would worry for Drum Condra, similar, they've been struggling for a long time now at this stage. Um, but I mean, teams in junior B want to win a championship. That's, it's it's a bit like Myla this year. I was actually talking to a fella and, you know, fair play to you, he's going up to intermediate and that. And he says, we'd rather nearly stay down and win a championship because that's all they want to do. Yeah. They're going up to intermediate. They're, they're going to be up against it. It'll be similar for the teams coming up from junior B. Realistically, even the good, the better teams in junior B, it's going to take a while before they're challenging for junior A honours. Well, it happened minority a few years ago too. They went up, they were voted up mm. in the committee room to go from junior B to junior A. Yeah. After when the season was over, like they went straight up. Yeah. So, like, but they're still not challenging for junior A. Do you know? No, like, but there was they, no, there was no guarantee. There was no guarantee they were going to get over line in junior B either because it can become a new surrender. Yeah. You can become like Mayo. Just yeah. to mention minority, I think they've got a new manager in this year, and. Uh, they may have a couple of new players as well. Right. Um, that are from Minaldi. Do you have something to tell us, Mickey? But weren't playing from Minaldi. <laughs> oh, you're um, So they were, and uh, apparently they're good footballers. But they can be a team to watch in that junior championship. Anyway, great question. Um, look, again, I suppose the only, the main answer to that is that clubs voted on it and that's what they wanted. So um, it, it'll make for an interesting championship. That was from Paddy Farrell. Uh, last question we have here is, uh, this is regarding the great Alan Moore and St. Bridget's Band of the Cree, real character. Someone asking on him his behalf why he didn't get picked on the Meat Junior team or the Risen Blog team of the year. Um, well, I, I put him down per, as an the only, per, the only person who can answer that is uh, Davy Risman. Uh, I actually put this up on, on Twitter when I wrote the team version and Sir Bridget's got in touch straight away and they suggested that the reason that he probably wasn't in the team is that he couldn't be assigned to any one position because he covers so many different positions. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so he's a jack of all trades, master of... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's a gas man though and he actually got in touch when he seen it straight away. He says, who sent that? Three laughing faces, tell me brother. Yeah, and, and again, <laughs> so, for GDPR reasons, we can't uh, disclose that. But, no, but uh, again, I can, I can get... tell him that uh, Oran Mulvaney sent that. <laughs> 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 Off yeah. the record. Off the record, yeah, yeah. You should have whispered it so nobody heard. Um... <laughs> That's that, that, that brilliant, great interaction this week from, from Instagram and uh, keep it coming. If anybody out there has anything to say, don't forget, uh, get in contact with us and uh, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Uh, moving on from uh, the Instagram interaction, uh, the New Jersey has been launched, Brian Kelly, and uh, it's kind of a an, an homage to the 87-88 team or the 87 jersey, 88 jersey, and uh, I think it looks fabulous. Yeah, I got a sneak peek of it last weekend. I happened to be in Dungani and I seen it. I was tempted to rob one, but I said, no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> they needed it for the Oberton Cup game. Yes. I know, it was one of the subs jerseys. Oh, they haven't the actually worn it yet. The first outing that they'll have in the new jersey Tyrone. against Leash. Oh, Leash, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so they'd wait and have a home <clears> game in it. Brilliant. Um, it was officially went on sale over the course of the weekend. Sales are very strong. It's a fabulous jersey. It's a great Christmas present. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia uh, you know with that jersey you know it brings an awful lot of people who remember uh, the 80s uh, the 80s mid team um, and it does for you Mickey myself and Dave you're a little bit young to remember that team yeah you've seen the pictures you have seen the pictures in the pubs I am (laughs) (laughs) you have seen the pictures of that team in the pubs but uh, yeah no I'm looking forward to it can't wait to get one yeah no it's a class jersey fair play to O'Neill's really pulls out of the bag Um, it's old retro, but it's retro with a modern twist. Yeah, which absolutely. I really like. Yeah, um, and uh, it's in all good uh, stores out Probably there. Probably a few bad ones too. Yeah, it's in a few bad stores as well. But uh, make sure it, it'll be the shining light in those bad stores. And um, the new Mead jersey out now. Going. 
go and get it and be ready for that leash game in uh, Park Tolchin in early January. I suppose uh, before we finish up, but it'd be only right to mention the under-20s management team that has been um, uh, officiated um, by the Mead County Board and uh, we, a long-time listener, Ger Robinson, we want to congratulate him on, on uh, the position of manager for the team and his selectors are going to be Martin Blake, Shane Barrett, Kevin Riley, and Joe Sheridan, and uh, that's some lineup, Davy Rispin, to have on an under twenty one management team. Yeah, you'd nearly be hoping them lads would come out of retirement and actually play, Kick but they're probably all. just 15, 20, 25 years, maybe over age. <laughs> but uh, no, fair play to him. Um, he's done great work underage with Dunboyne. I think he's been involved with uh, underage setups in Mead as well, and um, I'm I'm delighted to see him get the opportunity because we we know him obviously personally and. I think he'd, he'd have a great way with the lads and hopefully he can take them to the next level, which I think they're more than capable of doing. Yeah, and uh, Brian Kelly, I suppose, uh, um, looking at it, um, Joe Robinson has my number. Shouldn't be too long before I get that call. The uh, qualified masseuse or something, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, Jer and Martin Blake were both involved with the under-17 team that won the Leinster Special Championship in 2018. Mm-hmm. 2017, sorry, 2017. Um, so they know the lads very well who are full-age 20s next year. Joe was involved with coaching the Sanchestown team as they were coming up at that age grade, so he'd also have a very good handle on the players. Kevin Riley through teaching in Johnston, I think it is now, but used to be in later. And again, he'd, he'd know a lot of players in different clubs. And then Shane Barrett would cover the south of the county. And if, if we can get a few forwards in that team who can score goals like Shane Barrett, it'll be really good. And as I said, Martin Blake was um, a selector with, on that under-17 team along with Jair. Where's Martin from? St. Bridget's. St. Bridget. Like, uh, what I'm looking at here... And I'm he's, looking, a, he's an excellent coach. But I, I, uh, All excellent uh, coaches and, and Jair, of course, the manager. But you look at the spread of uh, geographical positions of, of, of these. <laughs> like you've got North Mead, South Mead, East Mead and West Mead all covered. West Mead. <laughs> west of Mead, uh, or Mead's west coast, um, uh, completely covered. I think it's, 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 it's a brilliant, brilliant team to put together. And a lot of thought went into it as well, obviously. Yeah, a huge amount of thought. I know Jerry. Well, maybe none. No, <laughs> I know Jerry worked Jerry. very hard putting his team together on it. Um, he had a lot of I's to dot and a lot of T's to cross as well, because like, there was a couple of other people in for the job as well. So it came down. In the end, and I think the fact the strength of his background team was a major help in getting him over the line as the prospective manager for next year. Yeah, and it won't be long till they're out because the first game they have is the first weekend in January first against Kildare at a Mead venue. Brilliant, brilliant. They so, play uh, in a developmental league there against Kildare, Leash, and Dublin. And b- before, obviously, the under twenty championship, yeah. the Leinster championship still kicks off. So that's brilliant, and uh, uh, we wish Ger and his uh, management team all the very, very best in the 2020 season with the under-20s and we're looking forward. Uh, we could call it the 20s for 20. <laughs> um, uh, we're looking forward to it. Can't wait. Um, uh, you know, it's just going to be brilliant start. And, and so much football in January. It's going to be brilliant. So it is. Look, that's it for this week's We Are Mead podcast. Don't forget to go over to Patreon, uh, www.patreon forward slash We Are Mead. And uh, on that, you'll be able to get, this week we are going to be announcing the Rispin Blog Intermediate Team of the Year, and we will be doing the Rispin Blog Senior Team of the Year. Uh, we'll be doing them in the next uh, couple of days, and uh, I don't think we'll be having another We Are Meet uh, podcast before Christmas, but we'll be back in early January. We will have an interview with um, uh, Martin O'Connell um, in the coming uh, couple of weeks, and that will be released over the Christmas, so uh, for all of you out there who love the Patreon service, you will be getting the interview with Martin O'Connell as well, just to keep you going out through the festive season. And um, I suppose it'd be only rude not to mention the the house draw. The house draw is taking place on the twenty eighth. Is that right, Davy Rusman? Yeah, twenty eighth of December. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, it's great stock and filler. Get out a uh, hundred euro will give you the chance to win a house worth two hundred and seventy five thousand euro. Where is that house again, Davy Rusman? Cush Clashing in John. Cost Glashen in uh, in Johnstown, and uh, we do hope that uh, everybody who look if you're stuck for a present, it's a great bloody stocking filler. So get out, stick it in a card, and give it to one of your loved ones, um, and they have the chance to win a house. As well as Brian Kelly as well. Another initiative from the county board is the season ticket, 
and uh, they are promoting that at the minute. Uh, um, we've seen Andy McEntee, uh, another call to arms from Andy McEntee because the, the, the season ticket gets you into all National Football League games, gets you into any club game throughout the year in the county, but it gets you into all the National Football League games, gets you into the first round of the Leinster Championship as well, and if Mead were to go to an All-Ireland final, you also have uh, first dibs on, a, 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 on an All-Ireland ticket. Yeah, if you're a Mead supporter who also follows your club, I think it's €200 Euro for the club plus option. Right. It's the single best investment that you'll make as a GA supporter on extra. Mm-hmm. I know the first year it came out when I had it, I had my money paid off by the Maybank Hollow weekend because you just you tend to go... So you got seven months of free football then. Exactly, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. The more, when you have something like that, you, te- you do tend to go to one or two games more than you maybe normally would because as opposed to maybe paying a tenner ahead into games over a championship weekend, maybe 30 or 40 quid, suddenly you're going and it's all covered on the season ticket. It's a brilliant present. Again, as you said, Mickey, all the National League games, the All-Ireland Club Finals in Crow Park, any National League game involving a team that's not on your own county. So if me are playing on a Sunday and there's a game in Crow Park on a Saturday night, you can hip up and watch the dubs getting beat. You can, your first round of the championship is included. You get a fiver off subsequent games, excluding an All Ireland final and Leinster final. And once you've gone, I think it's seventy percent or more of the games over the course of the year from either in the All Ireland. Sorry, when meter in the All Ireland, you will you're guaranteed a ticket. Yeah, and in Crow Park, they're always in around the centre of the Cusick stand. They're fantastic tickets. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic investment. And it's one I recommend every meat supporter to go out and get. Yeah, and not only that, like you will see um, on social media the video that was done with Andy McEntee. We need to get behind this meat team this year. And, um, you know, if you are going to be getting behind the meat team, this is a brilliant investment, as we said, um, because, uh, like what you said there, but if you were to go to all the games, uh, the O'Byrne Cup, all the. You can go to the Kyo Cup games as well, or you no. can go to Hurling, no? The, just football. Just football. There's, there are football only or hard or hard only okay okay because I was going to say like by the end of the league you could have your you, you, I think the league games I think next year are 15 euro 15 ahead, euros, so 7 by 15 is 105 so straight away all you have to do is 95 euro more for the rest of the year and like, yeah. the county football final this year was 20 quid yeah so that's probably going to be the same next year so it it really does work out as a brilliant investment your club could have 13 league matches yeah so if they're probably roughly a five or ahead into all those games 13 by 5. It's all adding up. And not only that, but most of that money goes back into the Mead County Board as well. And at a time when we're trying to rebuild Park Tolchin, um, uh, it is brilliant because when you go to a league game down the country and you're paying into a, in, into these league games that Mead play individually, it's going back into the coffers of the... Um, uh, Pro of Park the, and Pro the County Board. And, and, and exactly. Um, so look, do, means you're not having to worry about having money going to games. You just yeah. show your card, they scan it, and away you go. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, really, really good initiative, and they are trying to push it. And uh, by more people uh, buying them, we will have more people supporting Mead uh, this year. Um, just before we go, manager Mary go round. I think uh, Brian yeah, Kelly, you've a got a couple of brief updates on that. John Rafferty from the Fiend is the new Beliver manager. Okay. And Mickey Conlon from St. Colum Hills has taken over his home club there. And right. as I said earlier, Conor Donahue is now the Dunbine manager for next year. Yeah. So a few interesting appointments. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, we'll keep them coming. It's going to be an interesting six or seven, maybe eight weeks uh, um, between now and the end of January um, with the manager merry-go-round. Um, that's it for this week's uh, We Are Me podcast. And we are me. Why? It matters more.